0: Chapter Ten of The Great White Queen by William Le This Librebox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Ten, Zamara. In darkness and anxiety, I remained alone for many days in the foul subterranean prison. Had the fiendish tortures been repeated upon my hapless friend, I wondered, or had he succumbed to the injuries already inflicted? Hour by hour, I waited listening to the shuffling footsteps of my jailers but only once a day there came a black slave to hand me my meagre ration of food and depart without deigning to give answer to any of my questions i became sick with anxiety and at last felt that i must abandon all hope of again seeing him i was alone in the midst of the fiercest and most fanatical people of the whole of africa of people whose supreme delight it was to torture the whites that fell into their hands as vengeance for the many expeditions sent against them through those dismal days when silence and the want of air oppressed me i remembered the old adage that when hope goes out death smiles and stalks in but fortunately although wearied and dejected i did not quite abandon all thought of ever again meeting my companion the hope of seeing him of being able to escape and get into the land of mo was now the sole anchor of my life Yet as the monotonous hours passed, the light in the chink above grew brighter and time after time gradually faded into pitch darkness, I felt compelled to admit that my anticipations were without foundations and that omar, the courageous descendant of a truly kingly race, was dead. In the dull dispiriting gloom I sat hour after hour on a stone bench encrusted with the dirt of years, calmly reflecting upon the bright happy life I had been alas too eager to renounce and told myself with sorrow that after all old trigger's school or even the existence of a london clerk was preferable to imprisonment in samory's stronghold many were the means by which i sought to make time pass more rapidly but the hours had leaden feet and while the tiny race struggled through above my mind was constantly racked by bitter thoughts of the past and a despairing dread of the hopeless future. One morning, however, when I had lost all count of the days of my solitary confinement, my heart was suddenly caused to leap by hearing the unusual sound of footsteps, and a few moments later my door was thrown open and I was ordered by my captors to come forth. I rose, and following them unwillingly, wondering what fate had been decided for me, ascended the steep flight of steps to the courtyard above, wherein i found a crowd of arab nomads in their white hakes and burnouses samory was also there and before him still defiant and apparently almost recovered from his wounds stood my friend omar i sprung towards him with a loud cry of joy and our recognition was mutually enthusiastic as neither of us had known what fate had overtaken the other but ere he could relate how he had fared the mohammedan chief lifted his hand and a dead silence fell on those assembled. "'Omar, son of the accursed Naya, whom may Iblis smite with the fiery sword, give ear unto my words,' he said in a loud harsh voice. "'Thou hast defied me, and will not impart to me the secret of the treasure-house, even though I offer thee thy freedom. I have spared thee the second torture, in order that a fate more degrading and more terrible shall be thine. Hearken, thou and thy friend, Are sold to these Arab slavers for this single copper coin. For an instant he showed us the coin in the palm of his brown hand, then tossed it far away from him with a gesture of disgust. Ye are both sold, he continued, sold for the smallest coin, to be taken to Kamasi as slaves for their pagan sacrifice. At his words we both started. It was indeed a terrible doom to which this villainous brute had consigned us we were to be butchered with awful rites for the edification of Prempe and his wild hordes of fanatics. Rather kill us outright, Omar said boldly, his hands trembling nevertheless. Death will seize thee quite soon enough, laughed the chief derisively. Mine ally Prempe will have the satisfaction of offering a queen's son to the fetish. Rest assured that the gods of will reward thee for this day's evil work, omar cried with a fierce look in his eyes thou hast spent fiercest hatred upon me but even if i die word will sooner or later be carried into mo that thou wert the cause of the death of the last of my race then every single man capable of bearing arms will rise against thee standing here i make prophecy that this thy kingdom shall be uprooted as a weed in the garden of peace and that thine own blood shall make satisfaction for thy cruelty Begone! cried samory in a tumult of wrath and turning to the arabs he cried in a commanding tone take the dog to the slaughterers let me never look again upon his face but ere they could seize him he had lifted his hand invoking the curses of mara saying omar prince of mo has spoken this kingdom of samory shall ere many moons be shaken to its foundations but The fierce Arabs quickly dragged us forth, bound us when out of sight of the great chief, and led us beyond the gates of the Kasbah to where we found a great slave caravan assembled in readiness to depart. Fully one hundred black slaves, each fastened in a long chain, were lying huddled up in the shadow, seeking a brief rest after a long and tedious march. Most of them were terrible objects, mere skin and bone, and all showed signs of brutal ill-treatment their backs bearing great festering sores caused by the lashes of their piteous captors. The majority of them had, I ascertained, been captured in the forest wilds beyond the Niger, and all preserved a stolid indifference, for they knew their terrible doom. They were being hurried on to Kamasi to be sold to King Prempeh for sacrificial purposes. To this wretched, perspiring crowd of hopeless humanity we were bound, and amid the jeers of a number of samory's officials who had crowded to the gate to see us depart we moved onward our steps hastened by the heavy whips of our masters who mounted on wiry little ponies and heavily armed galloped up and down the line administering blows to the laggards or the sick from the city away across the open grasslands we wended our way a dismal sorrowful procession but omar now beside me again briefly related how after being removed from the torture frame his wounds had been dressed and he had been tenderly nursed by an old female slave who had taken compassion upon him a dozen times messengers from samory had come to offer him his liberty in exchange for the secret of the treasure house but he had steadfastly refused twice the scoundrel kouaga had visited him and made merry over his discomfiture but said my friend the boastings of the traitor our empty words. When we laugh, it shall be at his vain implorings for a speedy death. To him we owe all these misfortunes, I said. Yes, everything. But if only we get into Mo, he shall render an account of his misdeeds to my mother. No mercy will be shown him, for before the Nias' wrath the nation trembles. But our position at the present moment is one of extreme gravity, I observed. We are actually on our way to another of your mother's enemies, whose relentless cruelty is common talk throughout the world.' "'True,' he answered, "'if we find the slightest loophole for escape we must embrace it. But if not,' and he paused, "'if not, then we must meet our deaths with the calm indifference alike traditional of the Sanons and of Englishmen.' Whenever misfortune seemed to threaten, he appeared only the more composed. Each day showed me that, even though an African and a semi-savage, yet his bearing in moments when others would have been melancholy was dignified and truly regal even though his only covering was a loincloth and a piece of white cotton garment wrapped about his shoulders omar sanan was every inch a prince if we made a dash for liberty we should i fear be shot down like dogs i said yes he answered the country we shall now traverse will not facilitate our flight but the reverse from the edge of the great forest of Buna, beyond the Kong Mountains, it is mostly marshy hollows and pestilential swamps, while the lands beyond Buna, away to Koronzon in Ashanti, are flat and open like your English pastures. We will, if opportunity offers, endeavour to escape, but even if we succeeded in eluding their vigilance, death lurks everywhere in a hundred different forms well at present we are slaves hounded on towards the dreaded golgotha of the ashantes i said we have escaped one fate only to be threatened by one more terrible true he answered but down on the coast they have an old proverb in the negro english jargon which says softly softly catchy monkey let us proceed cautiously bear our trials with patience seek not to incense these brutal arabs against us and we may yet tread the path that leads into my mother's kingdom. Then within a week the war-drums will sound, and we will accompany our host against Samory and his hordes. "'I shall act as you direct,' I replied. "'If you think that by patience all may come right, no complaint shall pass my lips. We are companions in misfortune, therefore let us arm ourselves against despair.' The compact thus made, we endured the toil and hardships of travel without murmur at first our bearded masters heaped upon the queen's son every indignity they could devise but finding they could not incense him nor cause him to utter complaint ceased their taunts and cuts from their loaded whips and soon began to treat us with less severity yet the fatigues of that march were terrible the suffering i witnessed in that slave-gang is still as vivid in my memory as if it were only yesterday. Ere we had passed through the great forest and gained the Kong Mountains, a dozen of our unfortunate companions who had fallen sick had been left in the narrow path to be eaten alive by the driver ants and other insects in which the gloomy depths abound, while during the twenty days which the march to the Ashanti border occupied many others succumbed to fever. Over all the marshes there hung a thick white mist, deadly to all, but the more so to the starving wretches who came from the highlands far north beyond the niger scarcely a day broke without one or more of the lean weak negroes being attacked and as a sick slave is only an encumbrance they were left to die while we were marched onward whose turn it might next be to be left behind to be devoured alive none knew and in this agony of fear and suspense we pushed forward from day to day until at last reached the undulating grassland that omar told me was within a few days march of komasi here even if the sun blazed down upon us like a ball of fire it was far healthier than in the misty regions of king fever and at the summit of a low grass-covered hill our captors halted for two days to allow us to recuperate fearing we supposed that our starved and weak condition might be made an excuse for low prices Soon, however, we were goaded forward again, and ere long, having traversed Manpon's country, entered the capital of King prempeh slaves to be sacrificed at the great annual custom. No chance of escape had been afforded us. We were driven forward to the doom to which the inhuman enemy of the Naya of Mo had so ruthlessly consigned us. End of chapter ten recording by Tom Weiss Tom's Audiobooks.com.